0: Good morning. Good to uh, be here this morning. Um, though I will admit I'm feeling a little, little scattered. So um, bear with me. But um, but uh, you know, as I was um, contemplating uh, the message, um, I decided to sort of revisit uh, something that I shared a couple years ago, um, and uh, Ramon and I were at uh, Hilton Head for most of this past week. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that'll be simple. And then I couldn't find any of my notes from. <laughs> 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 I'll be able to build off of that really easy. Um, but um, so, uh, but it still. Um, and, and as I think about sort of like, you know, everything that we're uh, in the midst of here as a congregation. I just thought that this, this is something uh, revisiting this this idea of a, a lens to consider moving forward would be helpful. Um, so yeah, what what is our lens? Like as we think about like how we inter- want to interact with people, um, how we want to interact with people that we want welcomed into these pews, how do we want uh, to interact with people who think very differently than us? Um, what, is our, what is our lens, what is our filter for like handling those things? Um, and then also, like in the midst of conversations we're asking ourselves the question like how does scripture sort of inform us as we're uh, in, as we're walking through this uh, during these times but you know scripture <clears throat> honestly scripture can be really hard to to like deal with um, and to fi- to figure out right and to understand um, you have scriptures that contradict them, each other. Um, and uh, like that's something we have to figure out. Like why why does that happen? Um, the uh, and you you can find lists online of every place the Bible contradicts itself. Like it's it's really not not worth your time because um, a lot of it is like ticky-tack stuff. Like this verse says seven thousand people, and this one says seven thousand three hundred. You know, it's like a lot of ticky-tack stuff. It seems, but um, but you know there are some interesting ones, and, and it's it's fascinating to see how, um, you know, our, our tendency as human beings is to pick pick scriptures that we agree with, right? Um, and that feed maybe a theology that we've walked in the door with. Um, you know, um, so like one case in point is, you know, who who caused David to sin by counting um, the troops that were available in the land, right? So... If if you look in Second Samuel, God told like God was incited against Israel and and caused David to do this to sin, right? Um, but if you look in First Chronicles, it says that Satan did it. <laughs> and um, like two very, very but like you can you can theologically rationalize what that means, but like uh, but depending on and especially depending on what your like the, theological bent is, right? You you can, like, take one of those and run with it as to what's going on. Um, and so, but there's there's tons of uh, examples of that. Um, another one is uh, how was how the plot promised land to be cleared, right? So we have all of these stories of basically a genocide, uh, of, like, wiping out the people that lived in the promised land, right? Um, but, but then we also have, like... God promising the children of Israel that I'm going to clear the promised land ahead of you with wild beasts. Like, I'm going to drive the people from the land ahead of you. Um, now, it's it's one verse versus story after story after story of all these battles and these amazing things that happen. But, you know, like, my understanding is that a lot of the archaeological, like, digs and, and stuff that have been done sort of sort of indicate that the land was cleared like we haven't found a jericho with walls fallen down like um that it's 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 just interesting uh to me that like you you have these contrasting actually oppositional uh storylines in the bible um of of what happened and and what like, we have to deal with that some sometimes the bible okay I don't know if I want this podcast to go out. Uh, like sometimes the Bible is just flat out wrong about some things, right? You know, I've talked about this before as well that you know the windows are opened in the heavens and the rain comes down, or um, God placed two lights in the sky, and or or the fact that the sun stood still. I mean, people were persecuted when they finally realized the Earth revolved around the sun, and they tried to point this out. Like, no, the Bible says, like, the, the, you know, like like these are these are things that. uh like, and, I, and my tendency, or my how I reconcile those things is that, you know, scripture does not speak, uh, does not oppose the science of its day, right, kind of a thing. But still, we still have to deal with it, right? Um, and, th- and then there's scriptures that we've just sort of chosen to, like, leave behind. Um, like uh, the, the ones about, like, the genocides and the rationale for genocide and um, the slavery, um, Women being able to teach in church. Um, proud to follow Cher up on the stage this morning. <laughs> um, uh, you know, other other rules around patriarchy. Like, uh, like, these are things that we have chosen to leave behind for one reason or another. Um, and then there's uh, the concept of accommodation, right? Like, um, God was very clear that he wanted to lead his people... Um, like without a leader, without a king. But then the people wanted a king. And so Saul was put in place. And, and, and you know, uh, God was very clear that this is a rejection of me as God to take a king. But God accommodated and allowed the people to have a king. Right? And, and God was still willing to walk with and alongside the children of Israel um, in spite of them wanting a king. Um, as a, as, as almost a rejection of God, um, so like there, there's places where God accommodates and allows us to choose our own path, and uh, and so that adds a level of confusion. Um, so you know what, what really, uh, you know, do we do with all of this? Uh, you know, there's also, of course, beautiful, um, very uh, incredible parts of Scripture that that are just very uh, fulfilling and enriching and, you know, just really feed our souls. But but still, like, some of this, as far as, like, how we handle Scripture, can be disorienting for us. It can be gray. like. Um, and um, But that's also, like I said, that's part of the beauty of Scripture, right? Um, the fact that Scripture can bring new insights to us. Like, we can read the same story over and over again, and we get new insights and meaning from them like the concept that the the, script, the scripture lives and breathes and speaks to us in different ways at different times like I think that's an incredibly um, true and incredibly uh, powerful aspect of, of I think like it's, it's part of what the grayness of, of, of the confusing nature of scripture can also is a part of that um, but it can like I said it can speak to us in very powerful ways Um, So, here's a quote for you. The older I get, the more I realize how much of life is gray. Life is really complicated, a whole lot more complicated than we realize when we're younger. And so as I get older, the more comfortable I am being in the gray. In fact, I kind of like the gray. These are the words of the, uh, the wise sage, the ever-inspiring Bruce Hershberger. <laughs> um, I, I just, yeah, I, I just remember sitting on his porch and him sharing that with me, and just that that was, like, comforting, right? That things are gray and complicated, and that's okay, right? That we, we uh, but we still, we still live with them, and, 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 and in fact, there's, there is comfort in that, right? Oh, okay. You can take the picture, Kelly. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, but, but, as human beings, we are very um, uncomfortable with the gray as well, right? Like, we when when th- times get stressful, we don't we don't drift towards the gray and the unknown. We drift towards what we know, what we can hold on to. Um, what, what keeps us anchored, right? Um, and so, um, you know, and, and we tend, we can easily do that uh, with, with scripture as well. And um, there's a lot of, uh, well, Christian Smith has done a lot of work on looking at this idea of biblicism and and why he feels like biblicism is sort of like an impossible thing to really hold on to. Um, and, uh, and and Biblicism can be summed up as um, and these are just I think half of the points that he talks about but like that the words in the Bible are identical to God's very own words written inerrantly um, that the scripture represents the totality of God's communication that uh, the divine will around all issues relevant to Christian belief are contained in the Bible um, that what biblical authors taught remains valid for eternity unless it is Uh, Revoked by subsequent uh, scriptural teaching um, and that uh, the plain text is just enough, like you don't really need context or history or like all those sort of things to sort of like walk through that stuff. And like I think we look at these things and with this list and uh, we're, we're drawn to some of that. Like we want to have anchors that are very set and stable and lead us, right? Um, and and I, I think there's like there, there's truth in, in, in these, um, but but there's also like we have to reconcile the fact that there's there's a lot of grayness in the scripture that we have to wrestle with as well, um, because like the problem is, you can look at the Bible, and um, and this is uh, this was from an excerpt from an article by Brian Zond, and he said you know if you want a violent, uh, retributive God the Bible will give that to you. If you want capital punishment, the Bible will give that to you. If you want to hate your enemies, the Bible will give that to you. If you want a divine warrant for your every opinion, the Bible will give that to you. If you want to be a smug, self-righteous know-it-all, the Bible will give that to you. If you want assurance that only people like you are going to heaven, the Bible will give that to you. Um, we can get a whole lot of life from that kind of thinking, right? Um, of like us being right and others being wrong, um, and uh, using uh, scripture as sort of a hammer uh, to, to hit other people with. Um, there's, a, there's a sense, I think it's a false sense, but there's a sense of life that can come from that approach, right? Um, it's it's this, this feeding of self. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it it really does tend to be very self-serving, um, and doesn't really hold the dignity um, of those around us as a very high value. Um, and I think that's where uh, the scripture for this morning, like I want to spend some time thinking about about this, like this this idea that Jesus uh, challenged that, you know, you study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life, Um, but these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And and that's the lens that I want us to consider. It's the lens that Jesus challenges people to say, like, hey, um, like, scripture can be you, you can you can find life in the rules um, and, and 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 the law and, and the ability to be right, um, but but like those things were intended to testify to who I am, and like yet you refuse to come to me for that life. Um, uh, Brian Zond also uh, adds that if the Bible becomes a barrier to true discipleship by providing legal loopholes for, for, uh, for avoiding what Jesus taught, uh, taught his disciples in the Sermon on the Mount, then that's where the Bible can actually be bad for you. He um, said, it's, it's true. Uh, in this article, he talks about how sometimes in his counseling, he actually encourages people to stop reading the Bible. And, uh, and, and because the Bible can feed some really negative things, uh, depending on where you're coming from in life, right? Um, so my, um, yeah, my question for us is this, this lens, uh, that, that we can consider, uh, for, for our interactions, for how we look at scripture, how we handle scripture, um, is, is an important one. And, and it's one that I think really centers around the one that, that scriptures testify to, and that's, that's to Jesus. Um. The Church has spent has a long, long history of trying to handle um, culture and society's push push for like movement and a lot of times the the church has just not been on its its a game um, like when you look at things like um, you know uh, the push for social change, the push for uh, Uh, women in leadership, you know, there's many different, there's many different things we could push, even the push for, uh, you know, slavery, um, like the end of the abolition of slavery, like I think a lot of these things are getting pushed for people to be, like, accepted, and we, we, as the church, we end up, like, bowing to the cultural push, even if it's a push in the right direction, um, rather than, like, how do we lead the way in, like, engaging what what the world is dealing with, right? Um, I think a lot of the leading the way types of things are very reactionary and like we gotta stand for truth, and we need we do need to stand for like truth, right? But like, but a lot of it is is really just a stand for not changing, um, and and I think I think for us as the church, like we need to like come up with a lens for how we engage. Uh, each other, how we engage, those around us, those that agree with us, think differently than us, all of that. So, um, uh-oh, did I lose it again? Okay, um, so some things uh, that I would um, just ask you to consider that, like, in Jesus, uh, and again, you've, you've heard, if you've been around me enough, you've heard these things from me before, but um, uh, in Jesus, we find the fullest, most complete understanding of who God is and what God is like. Okay. Um, downstairs you have those three sort of like tenets of like what an Anabaptist understanding is. And Jesus is the center of our faith, is the first one. Um, and then community is the center of our lives. Reconciliation is the center of our work. But Jesus is the center of our faith as Anabaptists, as Mennonites, when we talk about what that means, it's this. Like, that, Jesus, that in Jesus, we find the fullest, most complete understanding of who God is and what God is like. That in Jesus, we find the fullest, most complete revelation of how we as Christians are to live. Like through the life and teachings of Jesus, we find uh, how we are to live. And like, this is what we talk about as Mennonites, as Anabaptists, that the Bible, we don't have a flat book reading of the Bible, right? That we interpret scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ, right? We, we try to understand scripture uh, through the lens of who Jesus was, and, and why? Because, because of this, like, we find that Jesus is the fullest, most complete revelation of what God looks like, and what, and what, God, what God is like, and who God is. Um, and in Jesus we find the fullest most complete revelation of how we as Christians are to live and then I would say that the primary okay and then the primary goal of scripture is really to like as Jesus shared in this in this in the scripture this morning like that like this is the scriptures are meant to testify to me um, so the primary goal of scripture is to point us to Jesus and one of many goals of scripture but um, and that scripture calls us to live lives that point others towards Jesus. Okay. So how do we engage others? Um, and how do we live our lives in ways that are orienting, that are pointing people towards Jesus? Okay. I think these are, these are huge. These are really, really important. Um, but then, uh, we still need to like talk about sin, right? Like, how does sin play into this conversation, um, this lens of using Jesus as our lens? Um, and so uh, I, would, I would offer this. Um, sorry if this is really small, harder to read. But um, that sin is best described as that which orients us away from Jesus. Right? Um, and that all things uh, either point us to Jesus, which causes us to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, Um, and reconciles us into right relationship with others, with ourselves, right, with God, and creation, okay? Like, so, um, when we talk about pointing others towards Jesus, like, these are the fruits that come from these things, okay? Um, Or, it points us away from Jesus. Um, These are the things that are destructive, directly to or... um, in our relationships with ourself, um, the destructive things that we do to ourselves, that we do to others, um, that we do to creation, or damages that relationship with God, right? Or, now there's de- there's debate about this, all right? But they're neutral, okay? They're not intrinsically, uh, they don't intrinsically, or ugh, they do not intrinsically orient us either towards or away from God examples would include breathing drinking a glass of water Uh, like while these examples reflect as of divine design they do not in and of themselves orient us towards or away from jesus no i might get some pushback on some of that but like i'm basically just saying like there are some things that just seem like neutral um and so like as we um engage as we think about like how we want to live our lives how do we look at things that that we're going to like challenge people on and push people on because you know like everybody <laughs> we have all had to say no to people and correct people and it's done in because we love them right like whether it's a close friend or a parent or whoever whatever the relationship is we we've, we've had to offer like no and correction in our love right <coughs> so but but yet like so but how do we discern what that looks like as a church body as a congregation that is supposed to be like holding each other accountable and moving us moving each other in in growth in our relationship with god right so like what are what are the things and and as we look at things like do they point you towards Jesus? Do they point you away from Jesus, or are they neutral I'm leaving this very open ended okay um, because I want you to wrestle with them um, uh, we, we could go through a whole list of examples i mean I, I for me this is this is really has been really helpful to me because as I look through scripture and I look at all the the lists of rules of dos and don'ts and like what are the things that we 've held on to? What are the things we 've let go of, and why? And it, it really it really for me, I, I, it seems that like we 've let go of things because we 've realized that they're not things that necessarily point us away from Jesus, right? You know Dress codes, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, wearing the covering uh, you know for, for women, um, that was a big one for my, my family. Um, I can share that story with you sometime if you want, but like um, but you know like how you how you shave your hair like you know uh, like all of that kind of thing um, the the concept of divorce and remarriage within the church used to be a huge, huge topic like these are um, you know like these are things that that the church has wrestled with, and we have let go of some of the the taboo and the the the, the judgments the harsh harsh judgments that we've placed on people um because we've realized that oh my goodness a woman preaching a sermon can point me towards jesus maybe i need to rethink that stuff like and and like these are the things like that and i think that maybe moving forward like this can be the filter for us the the lens by which we look at um, how we walk alongside each other and hold each other accountable. Um, I'll finish up with uh, another uh, Brian Zond uh, quote for you. Um, Maybe. (laughs) Can you just advance it? One more. Okay. Um, after he made, gave the list of um, all the things that you can get from the Bible, he, he, uh, he added, if you want peace, nonviolence, mercy, forgiveness, reconciliation, humility, advocacy, and love, the Bible will also give that to you. But it will do so by faithfully pointing you to Jesus. When we look to the Bible without self-interested agenda, the Bible says to us, Now look to Jesus, for he is the true word of God. When the Bible becomes a faithful and trusted guide to lead you to Jesus, that's when the Bible is good for you.